This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to episode 38 of the Three Lions podcast. My name's Russell Osborne. Thank you very much for the feedback on the last episode. Did you see those new banners by Block 109 at Wembley? Fair play to those guys. They looked really impressive. Well done. What a couple of games. USA, then Croatia. Not sure about you, but whilst the USA game was going on, I was constantly refreshing my phone to see what was going on in Zagreb between Croatia and Spain. I have to be honest, I didn't see that result coming, especially as they hadn't scored in their previous two games. Of course, the 6-0 hammering from Spain and our 0-0 draw in Rijeka. Although, could have done with them drawing rather than winning. Would have saved some of the emotions from going up and down on Sunday. We'll take a look back at those two games very soon with a new guest to the show. Jonathan Theoby, author of FootballEngland.org. Whilst all eyes have been on the senior men, our youngsters have also been in action. Before we look at the seniors, it's worth just running through some of these youngsters' results as we're likely to be seeing some of these players on the big stage very soon. Now, the under-18s played Holland in a mini-tournament in Spain, leading 2-1 for the majority of the game, only for a late equaliser to level at 2-2. This whilst England had been playing with 10 for 84 minutes, as goalkeeper Luca Ashby-Hammond was dismissed for handling outside of the box. Two England goals came from Arsenal's Tyrese John-Jules and Rochdale's debutant Daniel Adshed. The under-19s had a cracking start to their Euro qualifying campaign, beating Moldova 4-0. This game, in fact all the qualifying games for the under-19s, being played in Turkey. Goals here from Conor Gallagher of Chelsea, Danny Loder of Reading, Saka of Arsenal and Fulham's Steven Sessignon. They then faced Finland on the following Saturday, 17th of November, winning 3-1 goals from Steven Sessignon. Iceland equalised before Middlesbrough's Stephen Walker scored two. The boys now face hosts Turkey in their final group match on Tuesday the 20th of November. And you may have seen the under-21s on the telly, away in Ferrara, Italy for a friendly, coming away with a 2-1 win, both goals from Liverpool's Dominic Solanke. This was a win that continued the boys' unbeaten run to 21 games. They then travelled to Denmark for a friendly, now these both ahead of next year's European Championships taking place in Italy and San Marino.
Now, when the Nations League concept was originally mooted, many derided it, saying it wasn't necessary. Some felt it was overly complicated, whilst others felt that it was a positive step if it meant that there were less friendlies. I do think it needs a few tweaks here and there. They can certainly look at the goal difference come away goals scenario. That could be doing with scrapped. And I'm still not convinced by the 2020 playoff place for the lower sides. I can see it's, its merits, but I think I want to see it in action before I make judgment on it. But there wouldn't have been many that would have said Germany would be relegated from their group containing France and Holland. That even after their disastrous World Cup. Both Northern Ireland and the Republic also dropped down to Tier 3. Wales remain in second place behind Denmark and above the Republic in a group that was pretty much done and dusted before the last day. Scotland, well their fate is in their own hands. They're going to be playing whilst I'm recording this podcast. And Portugal were the first to the finals next year with their 0-0 draw against Italy in Milan. Once that happened, they then announced that they would be hosting the four-team tournament between the 5th and 9th of June. We then joined them with our Croatia win. And on the same evening, a top-of-the-table match between Switzerland and Belgium took place. Eden Hazard, with two early goals, seemed to put Belgium through before the Swiss replied with five of their own, winning 5-2. Now, the last game to decide the final nation will be Holland against France, and that as well being played at time of this recording. So next year, in Porto and Guimaraes, will be England, Switzerland, Portugal and France or Holland. If it's France, then you'd guess they will be the favourites. But if it's Holland, could be any one of four, couldn't it? This could be our chance next year to pick up some silverware. Our first... Since Le Tournoir. Remember that one? So let's start with the USA game. Starting 11 for that one was Jordan Pickford, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Michael Keane, debutant Lewis Dunk, Ben Chilwell, Harry Winks, Fabian Delph, Deli Alley, Jaden Sancho, Callum Wilson and Jesse Lingard. Now the second half felt like Sven was back in charge as there were six changes. Alex McCarthy made his debut in place of Jordan Pickford. Eric Dyer came on for Ben Chilwell. Loftus-Cheek for Winks. Henderson for Ali. Rashford for debutant and goalscorer Callum Wilson. And in the 58th minute, Jesse Lingard made way for Wayne Rooney. <laughs> It was a very youthful side put out by Gareth Southgate, possibly in reaction to the whole Wayne Rooney inclusion. But I hadn't realised this until I read it on the website footballengland.org that the combined starting amount of caps was less than Rooney's personal total. Now the author of said website, Jonathan Fearby, is here to join us to look back on this and of course the Croatia game. Jonathan, welcome. Hi, nice to, nice to be on the show. It's great to have you. So how's your feelings over those past weekend? 
Oh, it's been, well, I'm just relieved we're, in, we're through to another semi-final and that's, what, two in the space of a year. So I can't think that's ever happened before with England. So I'm just generally, the, the Nations League has been, I think, better than anyone really could have hoped it would be. I think you're right. I think to start with, there was a uh, an initial, mm, not sure about that. Mm, let's let's wait and see how this goes. Um, I think yes, you're right. It's been it's been a lot better than than people initially thought. Let's start with the the USA game. Uh, what were your uh, what were your thoughts there? Just turned out to be a pretty routine win for England. I mean, we we were all gave it the big build up about Rooney and his his final game, but really it was the the young players, uh, the inexperienced players coming in that that really dominated and really had the game put to bed before half time. Obviously, Trent Alexander Arnold, I think, got man of the match, which I think was deserved. It probably his best game for England so far. And we finally got to see Jaden Sancho start, start a game, which was hugely impressive. We've seen a lot of these you know, exciting young wingers come through before, but the maturity he had just to not give the ball away and make the right pass all the time was. For an eighteen-year-old, was just incredible to see. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a real a real star in the making and doing well over in Dortmund at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's he's taken a gamble going out to play in Germany, which obviously it's easy to a young player to go abroad and get completely lost and and fall by the wayside. But he's he's an absolute star out there now, and they're I think they're top of the Bundesliga and going well in the Champions League as well. So yeah, it's. Yeah, credit to him for actually having the nerve to go and do that and back his talent, which you know, hopefully other young English players who are struggling to get a game at the moment will, will follow suit. It seems like Manchester City have let that one slip through the bag there, but Germany seems to be the place for uh, for some English talent at the moment. Of course, Reese Nelson is doing well for Hoffenheim over there as well. He could be one for the future for us. Yeah, he, um, I think he's got six goals in seven, something something like that for, I think it's Hoffenheim. So, I mean, that's another team in the Champions League. So he's not going to a team struggling against relegation. Another one was last season, uh, I think Adam Ola-Lugman from the under-20s went out there from Everton for six months and did really well in Leipzig. And I know they tried to sign him in the summer and you know, given he's not playing for Everton at the moment, he, he may well go there in January. Um, it just seems to be a league that's got a good high standard. I mean, we know German teams generally do well in Europe, but they seem to want to give young players a chance as well. Which I mean, Dortmund especially. I mean, they, it's been a real talent factory over the years. I mean, people like Lewandowski and Marco Royce, I think, really made their names there. Um, and Sancho's just the latest one to do that. Yeah, and, and speaking of giving giving young players a chance, something that Gareth Southgate is is doing so at the moment um, in that USA game, we we had Lewis Dunk make his debut, uh, and also Callum Wilson as well from Bournemouth. Where how do you see Callum Wilson fitting into future England sides? I, mean, I was really pleased he got in because I've seen him play for Bournemouth this season, and he is an exciting forward, and he's in form and with. Jamie Vardy going and Danny Welbeck getting injured, there is a, a place there for someone. Um, and he, on merit, I think on his on his club form, he deserves a chance. I mean, I thought first half he looked nervous. He he missed a quite a good chance. He fluffed a few bits and pieces in possession, but he seemed to grow into the game. And yeah, he got his goal. So I mean, a striker scores on his England debut. That's that usually means you. you you buy yourself some time in the squad and I think we'll see him again in Euro qualifiers in the spring. 
Well, let's let's hope so. Let's uh, also mention the main man as well, Wayne Rooney. It was not not necessarily his, well. It was his night, but uh, he came on uh, midway through that second half, and we saw glimpses of, of Rooney of old, didn't we? Yeah, he was. He didn't look out of place, and you just wonder with the way he's he's gone to America and um, he's done so well out there. I think better than we have thought he would. He he really looks like a player reborn, and you just wonder had he not retired if. People would be calling for him to be recalled anyway. As it is, I'm glad that this is the last time and that we're sort of moving on with new players and the new era rather than looking back. But he played well. And when he came on, there was that brilliant 30, 40 yard ball he played straight into Ruben Loftus cheek um, in the second half and almost got a goal at the end when he was. <laughs> uh, they were just trying to get him on the end of anything in the last few minutes. But what um, an amazing career he's had. and you know, good servant to England as well. I mean, 120 caps, only English player to ever get more than 50 goals. Uh, yeah, we, it, it, it's nice that he he got a send off. Yeah, no, it was it was good towards the end. Uh, it, it would have been good, but it it just wasn't to be. It was a uh, Brad Guzan uh, in goal for America. He just just thwarted him towards the end with that shot. I don't think there was enough power in it, really. In in all fairness for Rooney, uh, but it would yeah. have been a good a good final. It was good. It was typical of him as a player, though, that in the, in that second half when he came on, he didn't make it all about him. He was trying to play one twos and get other players in, and you know, being unselfish on the ball, which yeah, is one of the things that you know maybe we should, we don't give him enough credit for because he did contribute a lot to the not just his goals but his contribution to all all round play with England was more often than not was was fantastic. Yeah, good point. Well, let's move on to the following Sunday. Croatia was the big one at home. Nations League semi-final was at stake or relegation was at stake. Fortunately, we ran out 2-1 winners. Let's just take a look at that starting lineup. It was Jordan Pickford in goal, Joe Gomez, John Stones, Eric Dyer, Kyle Walker, Ben Chilwell, Ross Barkley, Fabian Delph, Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford. Gareth Southgate made the second half changes, which saw Deli Alley come on for Ross Barkley, Jesse Lingard for Fabian Delph, and Jaden Sancho for Marcus Rashford. How did the uh, the emotions go for you there? Uh, it, it was just such a, a strange afternoon. I mean, the the first half we we dominated, um, we created quite a few chances. I think Sterling had a couple. Kane had that one that fell to him that was clear. Oh yeah, a goal, and then. And then for the rebound, I, remember, I only saw it on the replay, but Sterling was stood in the middle with his arms out, wanting the ball back and had a good good chance and Kane just decided to shoot. And you think, oh, here we go again. Uh, we've been here before. Yes. And so, yeah, there was there was that feeling. But you always felt Croatia were, even though they weren't at their best necessarily, they, they're one of those teams who always seem to have a goal in them just because you know, Modric, I mean, he's, one of the best players in the world. He's probably going to win the Ballon d'Or this year. And even though he didn't have a stellar game, he, he still had that bit of craft and bit of guile to make, to give them something. And he almost put Perisic through right on half time. But yeah, first half, we were very good. Second half, I remember we had a great break when I think it was Rashford just broke away from their corner and Sterling almost got in. And then I remember thinking, I don't think we're going to score today. And two minutes later, they did. Oh, yes. So, he seemed to take forever to to take or to get his shot in there, didn't he? The Croatian guy. Yeah, it was a uh, Kramaric, the striker that they brought in because 
Mandzukic, who scored against us in the World Cup, retired. Um, yeah. I think Cranbridge is basically coming to that central striker role. But yeah, I mean, it was one where you just thought, that, oh, surely the chance has gone. There's defenders around him. It's just going to be bounce off a defender and out for a throw in. And um, well, it did bounce off Eric Dyer, but uh, unfortunately, straight over Jordan Pickford. And yeah, I don't think it was a deserved lead. I think Croatia had played pretty defensively and but with a bit of a threat on the counter and yeah suddenly we were 1-0 down and for a while we looked in in real trouble uh the, our passing started to get very ragged and we looked not panicky but just just started to struggle and um I think Southgate just credit to him he he made the changes at the right time and um that turned the game he did so Jesse Lingard came on um and he was the one that that got the goal and it and it wasn't like his goal against America which was which in all honesty was a was a cracking goal this one was a a two-yard tap-in wasn't it yeah I mean I think he posted on on Instagram a picture of this saying see I don't just score you know long-range goals oh right because obviously he's had a I think he's had a couple for England and he's obviously had a few for for his club as well in cup finals but but yeah it was a yeah Give some credit to Liverpool and their long-throwing coach, who obviously have been working with Joe Gomez, and he launches the ball into the box. Kane somehow gets ahead and a and a prod to it, and it just trickles across goal. And yeah, Lingard just taps it home, and from then on, you just felt England would go on and get a second. Well, that that was when the whole atmosphere changed, and yet, as you say, that second one came, eighty-five minutes, and and this one reminded me very much of when England beat Slovenia to get to the World Cup finals. Harry Kane in the last minute in that game. This one yeah. had five minutes to go. But it was just his perseverance to get in and, and slide the ball home and, and the emotion from the crowd. It felt better this time than getting to the World Cup. I remember this, that Slovenia game and you know we got to the World Cup and it was such a muted applause, really. It was, yeah. There was a sense of, I think, still had that sense of disconnection or a lot of fans did with the team and and there's a lot of cynicism still around at the time so yeah the, what a difference a year makes or 13 months makes it's yeah it's been extraordinary and you've got you have to say Southgate has has done so much right in that time and Harry Kane I mean he just it reminded me a little bit of in the past um, for those of us with uh, with long memories when we used to have Gary Lineker and the number of times we were in trouble and we needed a goal and he would just get something on the ball in the box and we'd get out and we'd get out of jail and yeah same thing happened to get on Sunday. So we go forwards to next year we're, we're in the the semi-final position there's going to yeah. be two games next year we know now at, at this point of time in in recording this that it will be ourselves portugal the hosts switzerland uh, switzerland incidentally after a uh, a cracking result after they were 2-0 down against belgium to come yeah, through 5-2 yeah and then uh, holland played germany uh, to determine that last position in the group that also included world cup holders france and it was a last-minute goal by the Dutch to send them through. So our, yeah. our final four are ourselves, Portugal, Switzerland and Holland. How, that could be anyone's, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, one thing we should say about the Nations League is it, it has been a case of it's been competitive and everyone has really put their strongest teams out as far as I've seen uh, every match I've watched in it. 
and really gone for it. And yet we've ended up with a final four that you probably wouldn't have predicted at the start. Certainly not Holland, given the group no. they were in with Germany and France. And yeah, we all thought Belgium, I think, would would come through that group um, with Switzerland and Iceland. But, you know, the Swiss, uh, amazing uh, the way they played on Sunday night. Um, I, I, it was like watching some of remote, but Roberto Martinez's games with Wigan and Everton, the way that, that Belgium defended. But um, yeah, I've never seen Switzerland play that well. Yeah, it's anybody's. I, I suppose Portugal, because their hosts have got a bit of an advantage and probably a marginal favourites. Uh, they're going to, I'd assume, have Ronaldo back by then as well. So they're marginally the favourites. But you look at England and the squad we have compared to these three, these other three teams, and you know we are as strong, if not stronger, than any of them. How would you feel if you were a, a Portuguese player? You, you've got yourself through that group and all of a sudden Ronaldo comes. I mean, we all know what Ronaldo's capable of, but he comes back for the finals. That would be a, a little bit, I'd be a bit annoyed if I was a player there. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, it's a strange thing with Ronaldo. Um, I remember watching the the game against Spain at the World Cup, the 3-3, I think it was the second game. Of oh, the yes. And you could see that the Portuguese players do really respond to him. It's um, he's not sort of a, isolated from the wet, from the rest of them, which you got that distinct impression with Messi with Argentina that there was a big clique in that camp. But um, he does seem to they do seem to look up to him. I mean, it's strange because Portugal we've seen for quite a few years, especially at Euro twenty sixteen when they won. They're very negative. They've got great talent, but they are very defensive and. This tournament, they've not had Ronaldo. They've not had his firepower, and yet they played some really good football. Um, Bernardo Silva from City has just been has been really good. Um, João Mario is another really good midfielder. So it'll be a strange one how Portugal react. Yeah, they're going to be tough to beat at, at their own place. Going we to be, don't, uh... We're not even going to get to play them. I mean, it's um, I don't know if there's a seeding going on with the draw. I think it's in a, in a couple of weeks when they do the. Euro qualifiers draws that they're going to make it but um, I mean the other two teams Holland and Switzerland we've beaten both those sides this year albeit in friendlies yeah it's uh, it's going to be an interesting week in Portugal next year certainly looking forward to it um, if yeah. it's anything like if it's anything like this uh, this summer just gone footballengland.org uh, tell us about that yeah that was just something um, I just started it up about uh, year and a half two years ago it was after Euro 2016 and just after Southgate had come in and there was understandably a lot of cynicism and negativity around the England team and the way things were reported and I just wanted to start a website that gave a fan's perspective and people don't have to agree with what I'm saying but just trying to put things as as I see them and not be hyperbolic about it and you know, just give an honest scoop on, on what I think is going on and where I think we're doing things well and maybe where things aren't going so well. And I'm just trying to be positive about England because, you know, I think really up until the World Cup, I think we there was that sense of probably that has existed probably since South Africa 2010, that um, we keep getting let down and everything's terrible. And, well, we have been let down, but <laughs> that doesn't mean you put all that on the next group of players and the new manager and, and let's just try and, be positive about what he's trying to do and obviously most people are being like that now as well so yeah. 
Well, it's yeah. it's certainly a good read. I enjoy enjoy having a uh, a read through it after the, the matches. Have you always written about sports? Do other other sporting things? Uh, right, that's really my first attempt at writing anything on sport was was with the website. But I have started to write for a place called theathleteshub.org, which is just uh, general football matters. So I'll be putting something on there later this week about the Nations League and uh, how that's gone and European football generally, um, international and club football. But first love is always has been with always following England. I've been watching England since I think the Mexico 86 World Cup and maybe a bit before that I mean that was the first big tournament that I remember as a as a kid and yeah there's a lot of memories in there and I thought it'd just be fun to put some of this stuff down on um to a website so I mean people can reminisce or or just have a bit of a laugh about things that have happened with England or just talk about what's going on now yeah, as I say, I uh, I enjoy it. Um, I'll I'll put a, a link to it on our on our Facebook and our Twitter. Um, should anyone want to talk England football or, or football in general, are you are you open to that? Yeah, um, I'm contactable on the website, or um, I can be reached on Twitter uh, at Finlad. Okay, I just, just put my name Jonathan Fearby in, and you'll find me. Um, so yeah, I just any football matters, especially England. Then um, yeah, by all means, get in touch. Great stuff. Well, it's been uh, it's been great to speak to you, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, some something that we can go forward with and and speak to you on a more regular basis. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, we've got uh, a lot to look forward to. I think as as England supporters, the next year we've got the we've got to wait for the qualifying draw, but obviously the Euro qualifiers do start in I think it's March, and then the Nations League, and we've got Women's World Cup, and the Under Twenty Ones are in the finals. Um, I think it's in Italy this summer, so yeah, it's not a summer off just because there's no World Cup or Euros. No, no, it's uh, it's it's all looking good, and hopefully, uh, and dare we say it, could it could it just might it come home? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you, <laughs> thank you, and uh, yeah, hope to speak to you soon. Okay, thank you. Now, as you may have heard on the last podcast, I've been speaking to another England-related individual, and I'm pleased to reveal the teaser now for you. Wonderful feeling to play for your country and then get a goal in the first game. A lot of the players in the squad didn't have a clue who I was. Rio Ferdinand's mum said, Peter, that'll be you next. And I just said, David, I've decided to make you captain. I must be the unluckiest manager in the world because Harry Kane played for me and never scored. I'm an Essex boy. I never dreamt I'd be manager of England. Coming soon, tailored for England, a conversation with Peter Taylor. The full-length interview will be coming very, very soon. Really good interview to have. I really enjoyed it and I hope you'll enjoy it too. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Thanks to Jonathan Fearby from footballengland.org. Now some important dates for you. The Euro 2020 draw is coming on the 2nd of December. The Nations League draw happens on the 3rd of December and we'll find out who we'll be facing. And the Women's World Cup draw on the 8th of December. I'm hoping to get a podcast out shortly after all of those with a reaction to them. So keep subscribed and you won't miss an episode. 
And as we're shortly into December, I guess we'll have some sort of Christmas end of year special. I don't know. I haven't thought too far ahead on that one yet. But we are Three Lions Podcast on Twitter. Also search on Facebook. And we're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and also at www.3lionspodcast.com. And I'll be grateful if you get the chance. Leave a review there. Like, subscribe, all the usual sort of things. Thumbs up. Now, I'm off to check flights and accommodation for Portugal. I'll catch you again soon. <laughs>